Hey, everybody. Welcome to Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and I'm so happy you're here with us. If you're just joining for the first time, I am a special needs mom, a special needs attorney, and a best-selling author. So please grab your coffee, and if you're like me, you might be listening in your car. I spent a lot of time in the car in my day. And please join us for some important discussions to help you thrive in this complex special needs world. Each week, we're going to chat with parents and experts, and sometimes parents who are experts, to offer compassionate advice for all stages of your life. These are the conversations you would have with your best friend if your best friend was an expert like me. Let's go. Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. This has been quite the week. I am moving. And so I'm moving out of the home where I raised my children and actually where Elizabeth passed away. Um, For those of you who don't know me, and you're just tuning in for the first time, first of all, welcome. Thank you so much for coming and for finding this hopefully gentle spot to hang out in and to be able to connect with people who are in the disability community like you. My daughter Elizabeth inspired me over 25 years ago to become the best advocate that I could be in the disability community. And you know, she kind of raised me as much as I raised her. So funny. She was profoundly disabled. She had mitochondrial disease. She was blind, wheelchair user, didn't speak, um, profoundly intellectually disabled, and didn't have much use of her limbs at all. But she was one of those people who was so in tune with everything going on around her and she had this infectious laugh and greatest sense of humor. Anyway, I raised my two girls in this house for 25 years, more than that, actually. And it's so bittersweet, um, ready for the next chapter in my life. But at the same time, Every place I looked, oh, that's where Elizabeth did X, Y, Z. Oh, that's where Caroline walked for the first time. Oh, you know, I taught my girls to swim in our pool. And we had family parties and a family reunion one year and actually twice. Um, And just so many celebrations and, and so much pain too. I mean, there's just so much of both in a family, right? And I feel like if these walls could talk, oh my goodness, what they would say. Sometimes I see my life like a movie. Do any of you ever experience that? And the movie plays and I look at it and I'm like, did that really happen to me? Did that really happen to my kids? Is that really our life? And it starts to get fuzzy as time goes by, but there are so many things that are just so sharp and in focus, even though they happened two decades ago. Oh gosh, it's it's really hard to make big changes like this, but big changes can be really good too. 
as humans, we just need to evolve and lives change. And being a special needs parent has taught me flexibility beyond belief. So what I'm doing right now is I'm just letting myself feel these feelings because they are overwhelming at times, but I have such a great support system. I'm so grateful for it. And people are rolling with me. Um, So I have a great guest this week that I want to introduce you to. Um, It's funny. She's so gentle and sweet and she's created something so supportive that I felt like it was a really good time to air this podcast along with some of the craziness that's going on in my life and feeling like there's a lot of upheaval and like I need that pat on the back. Dr. Michelle Hu is an audiologist uh, who also happens to be deaf and hard of hear hard of hearing actually. Um, she has started this support group style um, course and program for mainly for parents who are experiencing for the first time that their child has been diagnosed with a hearing loss. And it is so wonderful. I bought the course. I wanted to go through it and see what she was doing and, and, you know, what kind of information and materials were there. And it really felt like a warm hug the whole time. Um, Highly recommend it. If you have someone in your circle of support that is experiencing deafness or um, hearing loss and, uh, you know, love for you to listen to this podcast and hear about Michelle's journey. She had great parents who were very supportive and who didn't limit her. And that's how she got to become a doctor. Of course, it was a lot of hard work on her part as well. But it's so important that as parents, we don't limit our children. We don't take no for an answer. She engages with her audience um, in her Facebook community, on Instagram, and does a lot of Q&A and provides a lot of resources and wonderful materials to be able to help people on this journey. So I hope that you love this podcast as much as I love doing the interview. And without further ado, here we go. Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. So today I'm doing something a little different. I'm super excited about it. I don't think that in two and a half years I've done an episode on hearing loss. So I'm really excited to have Dr. Michelle Hu here with us today, who has an absolutely fabulous website. You have to check it out, Mama Who Hears. Mama Who Hears. Wow, that is a little tough to get out. <laughs> um, so please, we'll talk about that a little bit more throughout the show, but um, please check out the show notes and see all of Michelle's contact information. She's got some fantastic um information and free resources there. So Michelle, Dr. Who, thank you so much for joining the show. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me here, Annette. I actually think this is the first time that I've ever used the closed captioning as well 
on my Zoom to do a podcast. So this has been awesome too. And I'm super excited about that. So Michelle, you have such a wonderful journey to talk about. And I really loved learning about you on your website and, and on your pers- about your personal journey and about your family and your mother. And so I want to just start there. If you could tell us a little bit about your background and then, you know, bring us up to, you know, what, why are you doing what you do today? Okay. Yeah. Um, I've been a pediatric audiologist in San Diego now for over 12 years. And the reason why I got into pediatric audiology is that I grew up with a hearing loss myself. I was identified around age four, three or four, and fit with hearing aids pretty soon after that. Um, my mom went, my preschool teacher actually told my mom, Mrs. Who, you might want to get your daughter's hearing check because she's sneaking off on her own during story time. She's not doing anything bad. She's, you know, reading a book or she's singing to herself. But I thought it might be a good idea to get her hearing checked. And my mom was just floored. I was developing good spoken uh, spoken language and speech and, um, you know, responding to both English and Chinese, which is my parents' native language. So she was like, how can that be? Like, what do you mean? Um, But my hearing loss was mild to moderate in both ears. And because I received really good benefit from my hearing aids, they they chose to continue with spoken language. Um, My mom said, like, if they uh, if I wasn't getting good benefit, they would have learned sign language as a family, which I thought was kind of cool. I kind of wish that they did. But at that time, my mom was told that I wouldn't go beyond a third grade reading level. Uh, so not just to me anymore, just English, just focus on one language, that it would be too much for me. Okay, wait, wait. Who told her that? Who told her that you would never go beyond the third grade? I hate those nevers, by the way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a pediatrician or an ENT at the time, or I, I have no idea. But she she lived in almost a fear and anxiety until she says that um, when I graduated elementary school, you know, after fifth grade, she went up to my teacher and she was like, Michelle graduated. She got to fifth grade. And the teachers were just shocked. Like, what? Of course she did. She's an amazing student. She's, you know, confident. She's out there. She's, she's a go getter. And it hurts my heart. You know, my mom was thinking, we're in third grade. Oh my gosh, we're in fourth grade. Oh my God. You know, what a terrible um, thing to place on someone's future. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, putting limits on people, it's mm-hmm. its really terrible. And I don't think that we do that much anymore. I, I think we're not. a lot better at this now. Mm-hmm. But um, your mom living with that kind of death sentence over her head, how did she react, though? When I got identified, she thought it was her fault, something she did while pregnancy, pregnant um, or maybe before. And this is common when I do share news or identify hearing loss with parents. Um, But for me, it was a recessive syndrome called Pendred, where both of my parents were carriers. And I was that one in four chance that I would have this type of hearing loss. Oh, Uh, wow. So there's nothing that they could do to help. And I, my mom remembers that she was crying one day and I walked up to her, you know, what's wrong, mom? 
And she said, I wish that I could take your hearing loss for you. I wish that you didn't have to deal with it. And now as a mom today, I know that feeling like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't sure. want my children to suffer uh, if they don't have to or um, have to be challenged. But I tell, I, I told her, what if I'm supposed to be this way? And from then on, her mindset just shifted like, oh, instead of focusing on what Michelle cannot do, let's focus on what Michelle can do. Um, and she's so proud of me to this day. Look what you did, you know, with your challenges, you're, you're changing the tra- trajectory, you're paying it forward, you're being this role model for children and a resource for parents because of something that you overcame or because of something that you worked through and um, figured out your, your way around. And for me, it comes full circles is when I see my children struggling or being challenged. I just encourage them. Got it. Okay. Yeah. You know, this is really hard. I think you could try it maybe two or three more times. Do you think you can try a little bit uh, harder? Do you think you want to take a rest? Do you want to take a break and then come back to it? Because I think you can do it. Or maybe we'll just wait until you grow another inch. Then you can, you know, sit sit tall on your, your brand new bicycle. Um, yeah. And it's changed the way I approach a lot of things as a parent. You know, the first first time mom jitters are, are real. And I think cure for that is just having another kid. <laughs> having another kid. Um, because you know they're going to be okay. And also knowing I was that kid at one point. My mom, I had a, a drop in hearing in first grade. And my mom went into the classroom with me and sat next to me. My first grade teacher, Mrs. Johnson, she goes, Mrs. Who? Michelle is going to be okay, more than okay. You know, she um, is, she's doing fantastic. She doesn't need you to help her in first grade. And um, I feel for my mom, she wanted to be there and do everything that she could. But the most powerful, the most powerful step in that journey was to step back. Right. See where I would rise up or shine. As I tell parents all the time, I think it's harder to acquire a hearing loss than it is to grow up with one. Because I'm not looking in my past or I'm not looking so much at what I can't do anymore or mm. what I'm missing with gone. Whereas if, you know, you acquire a hearing loss later in life, you remember what certain sounds sounded like to you. And you almost mourn and grieve for that or, you know, Mm -hmm. have that nostalgic part of you that um, can't let go. Whereas here I am living life, you know, not a problem in the world, really. But the only difference was that I got identified with having abnormal hearing levels. Hmm. You know, I loved what you said about maybe I was supposed to be this way or maybe I was born this way. And that's a pretty common sentiment in the DHH community, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That be- being deaf is not necessarily a disability or, or a challenge. It's just part of who you are, like being short or being tall or, mm-hmm. you know, having long arms or whatever. This is just part of your physiology. Mm-hmm. Do you identify with that? I do. I do. Um, for a while, I thought that I was broken that I wasn't good enough, you know, compared to my siblings or um, I, I didn't, 
But I also flip side, I didn't know any different because my parents treated me just the same as my brother. You go to school, you get good grades, you be a good person and you respect your elders. Um, And so for me, it was harder in terms of we didn't really talk about it. We didn't really discuss what's different about me is I have glasses or I have hearing aids or I'm tall or short. Um, But they it was just this is a part of you. You, you don't leave the house without your pants on. You don't leave the house without your hearing aids on. Right. Um, but over time, I've transformed. And you know, it it absolutely is a part of me, but I, it doesn't have to define who I am, what I choose to do. Um, it's just something that adds to me. I'm differently abled, you want to say. Okay. It's funny because language is so important and people have different expectations for how they want to be labeled, you know, to, for lack of a better word. And it is so diverse throughout the disability community as well. So being deaf and hard of hearing or deaf or hard of hearing is a, um, it's a disability, but it is a um, it's a more rare occurring disability. So what we call low incidence disability. So given that, you know, my daughter was blind. So the same thing for her. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a lack of support for the things that you need to do for your patients? Some kind of rolling forward into the present right now. And I know there are some really bold moves that you're making for people. How do you feel that the DHH community is supported as a whole? I feel like there's so much information out there. Many, many um opinions that are strong. Um, but I'm here to say, you know, as an audiologist, I my job is to provide families and patients with the resources and information and knowledge to make the best decisions for them, for them and their journey. I'm never going to say do it the way that my mom did it. Do it the way that I've done it. I don't know your dynamics. I don't know what works for you. I don't know what rests rests well on your heart and on your mind. Um, And I created a program for parents because thousands of parents were asking me similar questions over and over again. And I get this in my practice too, one-on-one with people. I decided to put all this information into one packaged program and adding into my personal experiences too, um, so that these parents can feel confident, free of worry, free of anxiety, and free of that feeling, I don't know what I'm doing for my child, because you do you are the best parent for your child. You've known them since day one. You are that container, that framework of a family that your child is, gets to grow up into. I really, I, I believe that children choose their parents. I don't know if it's like a soul thing or something, but, you know, my children were born to challenge me, to teach me how to be a mother and a parent. Um, but created this program by putting together all of the parts and pieces that I feel will help support these families in making the best choices for them, as well as offering, you know, uh, I, I offered um, 
I conducted 13 interviews with hearing healthcare professionals, with hearing parents of deaf children, with deaf parents of a hearing and a deaf ch- children uh, child, um, with a speech pathologist, with an ENT, with a um, marriage family therapist, so that they can get exposure to, oh, this is how that person can help me. Um, and I ask questions, you know, to an ENT, how long is it your appointment going to take? Can my child go to your appointment if they're sick? An ENT appointment might take 15, 20 minutes, where the speech language evaluation would be an hour. And we want that child to be interactive, you know, have them fed, have them well rested so that they come, they can come in and engage during that appointment. Um, and or so, so they know the differences and how to prepare for those situations. Right. What does it look like for um, an audiological evaluation? How can I prepare for that? How long is it going to be? An ENT, you know, um, what are, what exactly do they do? What does an educational audiologist do for me in school? Are they on my team or am I? are they somebody that I need to prepare, you know, get my IEP guns on and know everything about it? Or are they on my team to help me figure it out and navigate? What are all these acronyms stand for? What does this mean? Where can I push? Where can I trust that they're going to take care of things? Um, and brilliant. That's brilliant. And <laughs> just to, uh, just back up a second and talk a little bit about the overview of this um, course and program that you've developed for families. I love that you're answering the questions that people ask you over and over again. I can totally resonate with that. By the way, I totally resonate with the idea that your child chooses you. I think that is um, an old Indian, uh, old, like old Indian folklore. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, somebody mentioned that to me a long, long time ago, and I have to say it was so comforting to think that my daughter Elizabeth chose me and landed with me, so that it, it just it made me so much less sad about our journey. I mean, my daughter passed away. Um, nine years ago now, and I'm I really am comforted by the knowledge that her journey was short, mm-hmm. but it was meant to be in our family and with me, and that I was the one who was special because she picked me to be in that role. So you got I just to love that. spend that time with her, however limited it was, and what a gift to you. And look at you now, because of her, you've created your practice. You've created your mission that you're, you know, right foot, left foot going and paving the way for other parents so that they can succeed and stand taller upon our shoulders. That is so right. And you've done something wonderful. I uh, checked out your course. I thought it was fantastic. I love all the visuals that you have. And there's so many warm and smiling faces. You just feel so comforted by, you know, this, what must be such a scary situation for families, for parents. I mean, just thinking back to the trauma of when my daughter got diagnosed with her disease and everything that was going on. I mean, it's a little different, but not entirely really um, to have any child be diagnosed with any condition that potentially could be limiting in some way 
or certainly could be challenging in some way. And so and you started this this practice, this course and this program to really jump in and to help families. And so what was the brainchild behind that? I really wanted to save parents time, worry, and um, just energy because I know how I am as a first-time parent or a new parent. I will research everything. Figure, not sure which way to go, almost play out all the different scenarios until I finally settle on, on a decision. Or sometimes when I'm just completely overwhelmed, I shut down and just tell someone, you know, tell me what to do because I don't know this language or um, these terms or these professionals. I'm intimidated. It right. really saves them so much time and months, years. It, um, I, I calculated it. it, it or I generally um, generalized it, it would be the equivalent of, say, 100 to 200 audiology audiology appointments with me and with the ENTs and with the speech-language pathologists or um, uh, learning ASL. All of those hours, here it is. Here's my cliff notes. This is what I've collected over 39 years of experience with or being deaf and hard of hearing, as well as 12 plus years of practicing in a professional setting. This, these are the networks that I've um, created or that I've formed. I have talked to ENTs. I have talked to um, surgeons. I have talked to pediatricians. I've talked to, you know, social work. And here you go. Here it is in a, in a little basket. And it's my hug from, it's from me to you. I really yes. want to empower you. Um, and I, t- I tell people all the time, it's, it's everything that I would give parents if they sat down next to me in the playground. And I noticed that their, you know, child was deaf or hard of hearing. That is so wonderful. And it's really, really good. I mean, right from the beginning of the course, you do feel like you're getting hugged by Michelle. <laughs> That's why she calls it Mama Who, because she really is just pulling you into her world, your world, and then telling you the first thing she says is everything is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You are going to be fine. Your child's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And then she digs into all the details. And so there's so many resources there for families. And I, I'm so appreciative that you've provided this resource now that I know about it. I'm going to share it very widely with our community. So um, as you launched this course and this program, she's got this great, all these great materials and everything that she's sharing with you. What so far are the outcomes of that? Are you finding that it's really, you know, being widely used? Is it, is it really helping people? Yeah. Um, parents are giving me feedback that is absolutely wonderful. They feel seen. They feel heard. Um, they are collecting all of the information, which they may or may not have seen or heard about before. But after going through my program, they're like, OK, I've got this. This is how it's going to fit in with my family. This is how it's going to fit in with my schedule. Now I know I have a little bit more peace of mind going into this appointment. I don't feel so nervous or I don't feel so intimidated by those professionals. I know what kind of school I want to send my child to. I know what to say before the first day of school. I know what to do um, before that. And it's 
it's it fills my heart and I start crying sometimes when I talk to parents because they're like, just thank you so much for creating this. Thank you for existing and being vulnerable and sharing your own journey. Yes. Um, because yes. they a lot of time the majority of, of deaf and hard of hearing children are born to hearing parents. And so it's safe to say that most of them don't know what to do, where to start, go to Google or don't go to Google, only listen to professionals. What do we do? Um, so they feel empowered. They feel seen. They feel heard. They feel less anxious for sure. And um, they feel like they can almost hit the ground running because they've saved them so much time and worry and concern by giving them the program. Here you go. And it's go at your own pace. You know, wherever your child is at, if they're fresh from um, identification, if they're approaching school age, all of that is in there and they don't have to go from, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They can hop around and the handbook is also wonderful in helping them organize their thoughts, organize everything that's going on. If they choose amplification, there's equipment notes in there um, and places to write down questions. There's plenty of exercises for parents to have with each other if they're co-parenting a child. And there's also questions and exercises to have with their child so that they can empower their child and um, teach them how to be advocates for themselves. That's amazing. I love it. Empowerment's a big, big, um, big idea with you. And you really are pushing that for both the child and the parents as well. Yeah, I have an entire module on taking care of yourself as a caregiver because it is taxing. It is, um, I mean, number one, it's exhausting being a parent, of course. Yes. You know, these little humans are depending on you. But throw in something into the mix, such as a child with special needs, that's a whole new world that not many people may be able to relate to. Right, right. So we love the empowerment issue here, too, on this podcast. And we talk a lot about uh, taking care of the caregiver. It is so important. It's beyond so important. It's crucial because without it, things really do fall apart. And one of the other things that we talked about before we jumped on the podcast was that you were really working on raising the standards of care in the community. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about that. When these parents get the tools and resources and information to adapt it to their own journey, I feel like once they get their feet on the on on the ground and on a secure footing, it encourages them to ask, "Is my is my child a candidate for this? Have you ever heard about this or?" Um, thought about this? Do you know about this technology or this technique? And a pediatric audiologist or an audiologist, it gives them the opportunity to learn more. It gives them the opportunity to justify or validate why they practice the way they do. Or it could point out to them that, oh, I need to get more education on this. Mm-hmm. This is my patient and, you know, they're, they're teaching me or they're asking me about up and coming advances or technology in my field. I need to go research that. And that's right. what I want. I want them to raise up to those standards, especially for those families 
or fam or people in underserved populations, if they had that knowledge, oh wow, they're prepared for this appointment, then both teams can win, especially those children will benefit and get so much more out of the services that they're receiving if you know they're also doing it hand in hand versus just listening and and doing what the professional is telling them to do. Right. So you are actually um, creating little advocates in your parents and then in the children too. Mm -hmm. And what comes out of that, as you're describing, is this enhanced communication model, which really benefits everybody. Because, you know, empowering parents makes for a better outcome for the child. And then truly every doctor I've met, and there have been so many in my life, they want to have that great communication with their patient and their patient's family. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I talk about also the importance of finding an audiologist that resonates with you, that you feel comfortable with. Because as a professional, I can only help you with as much information that you're giving me. But if you, you know, you're a parent of your child, you're with them 24-7. I'm seeing them, what, an hour, maybe two hours a year, you know? Um, I can, yes, I can do all types of testing and evaluation for um, objective things. But what's going on at home? What are the dynamics? I can check to make sure that the amplification, if they choose to wear amplification, is physically comfortable. And I can check the programming. But if that child is, you know, refusing to wear it, what's the root of the problem? Tell me more about what's happening at school. Yeah. Are you going through challenging, challenging uh, situations as a family outside of your child being deaf and hard of hearing? Is there something else that needs to be addressed? I, I don't know that. And until you help me help you, like I'm going to utilize you, optimize you so that you can optimize my skills, my resources. And I will dig so far deep in my pocket to help you. Right. Because I get it. I've been there. So that's sort of coming to um, what I want to make sure comes out of this podcast is some like the top three tips for for parents as they start out on this journey. Hmm. That what we're talking about right now, you know, your that tip is all about making sure that you're comfortable with the audiologist or anybody on your clinical team Mm -hmm. so that you get the best outcome and have the best communication. Mm -hmm. What else would you really want to make sure that families walk away from this episode with? Two things that I tell parents all the time, take a breath, see where you're at. When you sit in silence for a little bit, and really think about what matters that'll come to you, you know, because you know your answer. Your answer is already there. But don't let other people, other things in the environment cloud your judgment or cloud, you know, your gut instinct for your child. Or maybe it'll melt away that it's something mm-hmm. that's going on with you that's hindering you making a decision for your child. Um, and then the second thing it works everywhere in my life. Um, but I noticed it popping up more when I had a student to mentor was meeting them where they're at, meet them where they're at. Um, in pediatrics, we, we often see children on the spectrum and 
their fear or their resistance to certain things is real. What's going on? They don't know what to expect. So, of course, they're scared. The only way they know how to stop something from doing from something from happening is shutting down. Or, wow, that's, you know, that's great. Yeah. Um, or like kicking and screaming. That's worked for me before. I'm going to do that because that'll get me out of the situation. So meet them where they're at. This, you know, my name's Michelle. I'm going to be working with you guys today. Guess what? Everything I do today, nothing's going to hurt. I don't even have Band-Aids in this room. That sounds like a good deal. I'll show you everything I do before we start. I'll do it on me. I'll do it on mom. And then we'll slowly show, uh, you know, I'll touch your fingers with my otoscope. At the end of five, it's all done. Everything I do, we're going to count to five. When we get to five, it doesn't touch you anymore. And by the end of that appointment, if I take that time to honor them and where they are, we usually get a lot of things done. And then very cool. They trust, they trust that I see them. I validated their feelings. I validated their emotions where they are at. And I'm not giving them any surprises. Wow. I love it. So as we're nearing the end of our time, what's next on your journey? Are you going to write a book? Are you going to do a movie? What are, you, what are you planning for, Michelle? This is so cool. And I know that you want to do even more. So what's I next? <laughs> for me, we've got this program out that's going to spread out all over. It's, I mean, it's already international now. Um, I'd love to create mindset um, journals for younger children as well as teenagers um, and possibly putting together all of my writing into one spot um, yeah. for parents or for peers, my deaf and hard of hearing peers, um, because I've been told that, wow, you put exactly what I'm feeling into words. You're really good at that. Um, so I'm, I feel like I'm a translator of some sort. We'll translator see. of yeah. feelings, and emotions. Like really, really big dreams is I want to create a nonprofit um, school and community uh, where um peers or deaf and hard of hearing children can interact with their normal hearing peers and the hearing children will understand what an inclusive environment looks like. Deaf and hard of hearing children can have them as their teammates and really grow up feeling totally supported and safe in an environment like that. We'll see what happens. Oh man. Well, podcast fans, what do you think? Can Michelle do it? I believe in her. (laughs) I think she's going to create this and probably write a book and more materials. And that's going to be awesome. So I look forward to seeing what's next for you. I'm so excited and I'm so glad to have met you. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today and sharing all of your wisdom and your journey and being able to clue us in to, you know, what we need to do to be the best advocates for a DHH child or young adults. Thank you so much, Annette. It was a wonderful conversation with you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to take a second to say how much I appreciate you taking the time to listen to these podcasts. I'm having a blast doing them, and I hope that you're finding the content to be what you were really hoping. If 
you are, please take a second to leave a rating and a review. It's so helpful in getting this content out to people who really need to hear it. Thank you so much.